free this evening. We'll bring these needs to the Lord in uh, just a few. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. All right, let's begin verse number one. We're going to focus on the first 16 verses tonight. And uh, let's, let's just begin reading and then we'll come back and uh, break them down. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. We could read on. I'm going to focus on the first 16 verses tonight. And as we come together for a time of prayer and praying, I want us to, I want us to first of all remember who lives within us. Okay? Remember who lives within us is with us at all times. And let's, let's look at some things tonight in these 16 verses that I want us to consider and pray towards this end as a church body as we come together tonight in one accord and seek the Lord. All right, let's, let's pray for God's blessing upon His Word. Father, as we get to this part of our service, Lord, I just ask that you uh, help me to speak in a very clear manner, Lord, of what I'm trying to say. And uh, God, how you've spoken in my heart about this particular text. And uh, Lord, I just pray 
that you would help us as a church body to come together in unity, in prayer, in one accord, Father, seeking your power and blessing upon our own personal life, our own personal ministry, but also the ministry of this local church. Lord, I pray for the ministry of our children right down the hall. I'm praying, Lord, that you be with the adults who are teaching and leading them and give them a spirit of grace and understanding, compassionate spirit, but also, Lord, help them to teach the truths of your word that the children may hide them in our heart, Lord, that they would uh, just live a life that is pleasing unto you rather than a life unto sin. I pray for our teenagers who are meeting on East Campus tonight. Lord, they're having a unique service, and I am praying for the power of God to be evident in that ministry and in the lives of our teenagers. God, do a great work through Pastor Johnny. Use him in a mighty way. And use us tonight as we come together in this auditorium. Lord, I believe with all of my heart that it is a special time. It is an exciting time when we come together in one accord and pray unto a living God who is all-powerful and all-knowing. I'm asking you, Lord, to do what is far exceeding abundant above all that we could ask or think. We pray this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. The first thing I want to point out tonight, we'll go through this quickly. And uh, you can, if you've got a piece of paper, you can jot these things down. I think I have six things that I just want to highlight in this passage. And I'm going to move on through them because I want to give us plenty of time to pray. But the first is this in this passage is I want us to pray for unity, okay? And, and that's something that I've preached on recently. And there's not a particular reason. I'm not saying, well, pastor keeps preaching on that, so there's a lot of disunity in the church. I'm just saying it's important for the church to always be unified as it goes forward. And th- we see that the Corinthian church had some problems And and as a result, they were not unified. And so Paul had to deal with this in chapter 1, and now he deals with it in chapter 3. And so I think it is very important for us to pray as a church that we're unified in our purpose and the reason we, not only what we're doing, but the reason we do what we're doing. And so in verse number 1, and I, brethren, Paul writes, he says, I could not... Speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. So there were some things that they were missing out on. Chris, there, there were some things that the Corinthian church was missing out on because they were choosing to live fleshly, carnally minded rather than spiritually minded. And so there was, there was a whole lot more for them, Thomas. There was a whole lot more that Paul wanted to give them and grow and, 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 and see that church really flourish. But he had to hold back because of their carnal mind. And he, he goes on and he says in verse 3, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you... Envying and strife 
and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? He, he asked them the question. He asked them again in verse 4. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? And again he asked the question in verse 5. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but, by, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? So, you know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, in verse 17, he said, every kingdom divided against itself, uh, divided itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. We understand that. We, we understand that in our own homes. You know, there's uh, divorce runs rapid because there is a division there of some kind. And sometimes, and sometimes kids are raised in a Christian home, but they don't want to go a Christian life. And so there is a division there. There can be a division in the house. There can be a division in the Hope House. You know, people are wanting to do this and do that. There can be, there, division is always a problem. Envying, he speaks of, leads to strife, and strife leads to division. Envying is when we grow jealous, when we compare ourselves among ourselves, which is never a good thing. And so something, something doesn't go our way, or... or or somebody said something that bothered us. Or, or, or we just wish we were as spiritual as Stephen, you know. We, we wish you was, I wish I could do what you could do to the point that I'm envious about that. If you're not careful, then you, your flesh gets involved. And you start having those conversations in your head. Do you ever do that? Do you ever play out everything in your head? If they say this, I'm going to say this. you ever do that? You, you play this out in your head. And that just adds fuel to the fire so that when you actually have a conversation, there's strife, which is quarreling, and that leads to division. And I don't ever want that to be the case at Somerville Baptist, right? I don't ever want it to be that way. But it is that way in a lot of churches. And a lot of us are familiar with that. And it's because a carnal mind gets in and not a spiritual one. So Paul, you know, he just, he just speaks here. He says, some say I am of Paul, and some say I am of Apollos. You know, uh, he, he says, are you not carnal? People, so it's, a, it's a dangerous thing to have your favorite preachers, you know. Uh, a lot of times, I've learned this over the years, Nathan. If somebody comes to me and says that they like my preaching, I have marked the fact that they won't be around too long. It, it is a common trait. And I always go to this. Herod's, Herod, Herod's favorite preacher was John the Baptist, and we all know what he done with his head, right? He loved to hear John the Baptist preach. But when the opportunity came, he took off his head. So I don't put a lot of value. It's, it's never a goal to be a favorite speaker or a favorite preacher. We just want to lift up the one name that really matters, and that's the name of Jesus, right? So Paul says, some of you saying, I'm a, I, I like Paul's preaching. And some says, I like, I like Peter's preaching. And some say, I like Apollos' preaching. That's just, that's, that's carnal thinking. What's really, what every preacher is really trying to get us to do is not draw you unto ourself. We're trying to draw everyone to Jesus Christ. All right? And so Paul goes on and he says, verse Four, he, or verse 5, he says, who is Paul? 
Who is Apollos? They're, they're ministers by whom you believed. Well, praise the Lord for that. And we ought to be thankful for the individuals who have helped us to get where we are, right? But, but what, is for, what is true is in verse 6 and 7, God's people are unified when we emphasize what God's doing over what man is doing. All right? And that's my second point tonight. We want to pray for unity. But secondly, let's emphasize always what God is doing over what man is doing. All right? So verse 6, he says, I have, a plant, I have planted and Apollos watered. But what does he say next? But God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. We have the pleasure of serving an all-powerful God. And if it's our job to plant, we ought to be busy planting. And if it's our job to water, let's be diligent to water the plants that are growing. It's, it's, if that's our job, let's do it the best that we possibly can. But the sun doesn't rise and set with us, right? And no matter what I do, I can't make the cloud come and the rain fall. I can do as Elijah did. I can pray fervently for those things. But at the end of the day, the only one that can really make spiritual things happen is God. God is the one that gives the increase. So we should focus always on giving God the glory. Emphasize God's doing over man's doing. All right? Be thankful for what someone did. Be thankful for what someone is doing. But let's never forget we're nothing without the power of God. All right? So the third thing, verse 8 and 9. Let's cheer for one another. Let's cheer for one another. That's right. I said that. Let's cheer for one another. All right? We're on the same team. Can I get amen? If a person believes in the gospel and they preach the gospel, they're on my team. And they may do things a little bit different. But I, I want to see them succeed. I want to see them reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to see people saved. He says, read in verse 8 with me, verse 8 and 9. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. All right? So underline those phrases in that verse. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. All right? And then in verse 9, we are laborers together with God. Okay? So let's make sure we're doing things right. Let's make sure we're trying to please the Lord and we're lifting up the Lord and we're preaching Christ. But the truth is we hear such phrases as teamwork makes the dream work. We can do more together than we can do by ourselves, right? We can understand that. But the, the planters and waters are individuals who need one another to actually accomplish something, Right? I can plant a seed, but if I don't have any water, that seed's not going to grow. And 
and a person can water the dirt all they want to, but it's not going to grow a piece of corn unless somebody planted it, right? And so we're, we're all individuals, yes, and we all have our different roles, yes. We have different parts. As Darren Tucker likes to say, we're all part of an orchestra, right? We're all a part of God's orchestra. We all have our part in this great thing that God is doing. And sometimes we get out of tune a little bit. And, and we got to listen to the maestro. we got to listen to the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to get us back into tune. But when we're doing everything together, it can sound beautiful. All right? And so understand, understand this. We need to cheer for one another. Okay? I can't, I can't be in the Hope House every day. So my, my big prayer is that Stephen succeeds in his ministry. All right? I can't take care of the building and grounds. So I hope that Amos succeeds and does a glorious job in his ministry. I can't be here every Tuesday night in RU. So I need to be cheering stick on and those others who serve with him in that particular ministry. Because if they succeed, you know what? We all succeed. Amen? And, and God can reach. Can't be at FBI on Tuesday. So Alan is pouring into people. And, and, and different, Sandra's at the jail, and Larry and others are at the jail ministry. If they succeed, we succeed. And so we need to make a habit of cheering one another on rather than always being disgruntled, you know, just not always, but being disgruntled with one another. Make a habit of encouraging one another. Amen? I do this so you'll say amen to me. Okay? All right? I... I want, to, I want to see everybody succeed. And if you can do something great, you know, I want the church down the road to succeed. I'm not in competition with them, all right? I want to, I want to see God's kingdom being built. I want to see souls being saved. And so I, I just, I want, to be, I want to be on the side of cheering on somebody as we're standing for what is right rather than just tearing down. Okay, God, God says there, he, well, the Word of God says there in verse 8 and 9, He that planteth, he that watereth are one. Okay, we're individuals, a part of a team, serving the Lord together. And then he says, every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So let God sort out the individual rewards while we encourage one another to stay faithful, okay? If, if you can stay faithful, our church will be greatly blessed by it, and others will be greatly blessed by it. The, the, the next thing, fourth thing, verse 10 and 11, let everything be Christ-centered, okay? Everything goes back to the foundation, verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, for more than 20 years of my life, I spent it as a builder. All right? In all those years, I never had one person come to the job site and say, that is a pretty awesome foundation. Nobody said that. Right? They... 
matter of fact, when you lay the foundation, people are trying to scratch their head. It's, it's, sometimes they say it's not as big as I thought it would, would, would be. And I say, you just wait till we put the lumber on it and you realize how big this thing is. All right? And you, you dig that hole and you, you lay everything out and you mark out where the, the footing is going to be and you dig out that footing and you have to be at least 12 inches deep in Alabama. That concrete's got to be 12 inches deep to get below the frost line. You go to Michigan, you've got to be four and a half foot deep. That's why everybody has basements up there. All right? So you've got to be 12 inches deep. And that inspector's going to come along and he's going to put a tape measure on all your stops and he's going to make sure it's 12 inches because you don't want somebody cheating you and doing it only 8 inches. All right? 12 inches deep. Then they come along and we bring all the block in and the block layers come in and we lay out all the lines and they lay to those lines and everything is level and everything is square. If the foundation isn't right, when the framer comes in, he's got a big problem. And if the foundation isn't right and something's wrong, you can look at a roof and you can tell if the foundation is messed up. Because if that roof isn't straight and if there's a problem with it, there's something wrong in the foundation. All right? Now, people a lot of times, they don't look at the foundation. They think, well, you know, that's not that, it's not that big a deal. And they may come into Somerville Baptist and they say, well, this is a beautiful auditorium. I've heard people come in and say, this place is like a museum. I don't want to be a museum, right? They, they may look at that and think, wow, that is something else. But what is really the foundation of everything? The foundation always has to be Jesus, right? And, and in today's world, especially with technology, you have all of these things that we can, that we can use and that offer a greater opportunity, but the foundation was laid long ago. And so everything we, must, everything we do must be Christ-centered. It must be gospel-centered. Can I get amen there? Everything must, be, everything must be founded on Christ and helping everybody's walk with Christ or getting to uh, accept Christ. Everything has to be Christ-centered. So let's pray toward that end. Verse 12 and 13, fifth one. Don't sacrifice quality. All right, verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So, you know, I never built a house of gold. But I built a lot of houses out of wood, you know. And uh, they're there, and it's, it's easy to get wood. You can go to the lumberyard and get wood. I can't buy 2,000 square foot of gold. It's a little bit harder to get. Amen? I, I can, I can, pass, I can pass a cow pasture, and in the summertime I can get some hay. And there's stubble everywhere. You can do things with that kind of stuff. All right, but none of it's going to last. It's, there's plenty of it, and that's the easiest route. But none of it's going to last. None of it. But gold, silver, and precious stones now—they're not as plentiful, and they're not as easy to find. Where do you find gold at? Come on, Jordan. Where do you find gold at? In the ground. Thank you. You got to dig for gold, right? 
You don't even know if you're going to dig in the right place. Silver and precious stones. You're going to have to dig for those things. You're going to have to work a little bit for those things. They're going to cost you a little bit to get those things. But if you built a house of gold, I'd say you got a mansion, wouldn't you? And God just makes streets of it in heaven. Right? And so gold, silver, and precious stones, those things are going to cost more. They're going to require more effort. And they're probably not going to be as much quantity. But they're going to be full of quality. Because when the fire comes, Regina, the wood's going to go. Right? The stubble is going to go. The hay is going to go when the fire comes. But the gold, silver, and precious stones, man, they're just more refined. They're more purified. They last. So you've got to be careful what you're building on. You've got to be careful what you're building with. The thing is, is most people want to take the easy road. They want to take the easy route. And when things get difficult, I was talking to a guy today about addiction. And he's a former addict himself. And I said, you know, I said, everybody's different. Some people can just quit and they get over it. Most people's not that way. They fight it for a long time. And I said, what I've learned is that through the years, a person can be doing really well. But something goes bad. Something triggers that need, that want. And it's very easy for them to go right back into it. Because it's easy to get. It's easy to get. If you want it, you can get it. You know what's hard? Jesse, what's hard is staying the right path. Wanting the right things. Building the right things. When it's difficult, it is easy to quit. It's easy to, ah, forget it, I don't don't want this anymore. And always we forget. We, We think of what we perceive was good. We forget all the bad that goes with it. I mean, the Israelites always want to go back to Egypt where they were slaves because of what they had. They always forget what they went through. Right? Gold, silver, precious stones, they're going to cost a little bit. It's going to be difficult. So focus on quality rather than quantity is great, but quality withstands the fire. And so don't ever sacrifice quality. Whatever you do, well, my number six is this. Whatever you do, live in light of eternity, verse 14 and 15. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. And of course, all that we're talking about here is the Christians standing before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, not judge for his sin, but judge for what he's done for the Lord. All right? And so we have to consider this where, where are we storing our treasure? We have a tendency to live for the here and now. Day to day, week to week. But what about eternity? So he says, if any man's work abide, he'll receive an eternal reward. If any man's work is burned, then what you did really didn't matter for eternity. 
And so you were, you were busy building. And so I built a hundred houses a year. But in eternity, they're all gone. And I made half a million dollars when I built those hundred thousand, when I built those hundred houses. And I made a half a million dollars and put in the, in the bank. But in eternity, it's all gone, right? Live in light of eternity. Do, do what you're going to do. Whatever it is, if you're planting, you're watering, whatever you're doing, make sure you do it for the Lord. Live in light of eternity. Lay up treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. And lastly, uh, the title of my message, Remember Who Lives Within Us, verse 16. How can we do any of that? Well, we can only do it because of the Spirit of God dwelling within us. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Darren, we don't have to come to church to get God. God is, God is inside the believer. Right, Don? He's inside the believer. He's everywhere we go. And what all of these things, well, our flesh wants to have envy and strife and division. Our flesh wants to make much of people rather than make much of God. Our flesh wants to draw attention to what we're doing rather than the God who gave the increase. Our flesh wants to do it by ourselves rather than cheering others on and encouraging them as we labor together with God. Our flesh wants to build something that we think is glorious rather than building upon the foundation that only really matters. Our flesh wants to do it quickly rather than allow God to do it in the right way. Our flesh wants all the credit today rather than in eternity. We can't do any of it without the power of God dwelling within us. And we need him every step of the way. So let's break up tonight, men with men, women with women, and let's pray again to